welcome everybody to Sailor Snacking, the podcast where we talk about the anime Sailor Moon and we have a yummy snack. I'm Jen, and as always, I'm joined by Tracy. Hello, listeners. So, Tracy, do you want to tell us about today's snack? Yes. So, today we are trying uh, one of my childhood favorites, Hello Panda, which is um, a delicious, like, cookie shell filled with some kind of, like, center. I usually eat chocolate, but today we... sounds like we all got strawberry. So, it's like a... a It'll be like a strawberry cream filling. I didn't realize it was a cream filling because I guess I didn't look past the adorable panda on the box, and now I'm a little bit scared. It's not like like liquidy. It's more like... It's like a... I mean, the package makes it look like it's shiny and oozing out, but uh, it's kind of like, like maybe, no, it's more like, I would say maybe a fudge consistency, but um, we'll, we'll try them in the middle of the episode. Interesting. I'm intrigued. I can't believe I've never tried these before because they're adorable. They look like I, something I would have bought, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> so we're continuing on with uh, Sailor or season one of Sailor Moon Crystal, the 2014 reboot of Sailor Moon. Uh, and we are joined today by our very special guest, Liz. Hello. Uh, welcome so, back. Welcome back. Yeah, Liz has been on a bunch. Um, hopefully you've gone, you've listened to all of our previous episodes and are well acquainted with Liz. I'm just like really loving Crystal right now. I know, it's right? It's so good. <laughs> it's very good. It's very good. I, I admit I'm not one of those people who are like, you ruined my childhood. But I was I was slightly concerned about Crystal just because of my deep love of classic as, you know, illustrated by this podcast. Uh, but they're different beasts. Like, it's almost like a completely different, well, it is a completely different show. But, like, there is enough differences. And I think I've said this before that makes it, like, completely separate in my brain. And I'm really enjoying Crystal. Yeah. yeah. Is it possible to say it makes my childhood better? Like, it's so good. Yeah, it I don't really... think it, it didn't really affect my childhood at all. But it didn't well, ruin I always, it for me. I always find it weird when people are just like, oh, you've ruined my childhood. Like, whenever Taylor says it, and I'm just like, I'll give you something that'll ruin your right. I think it's because because if there's a reboot that is so close to the original, it replaces the original in people's minds. I guess that's what they're concerned about it ruining their childhood. But like to me, this this isn't close enough to to classic to replace it. They're they're too distinct to have this uh, replace classic. I think I think also, I mean, because it is so based on the manga and then a lot of the stuff that was problematic in classic and in particular in the North American dub of classic Sailor Moon like it, it just doesn't exist in this version right one the the characters are the right age that is very yeah, excellent. that's a big one I mean we haven't gotten to any characters whom who they've literally they haven't changed anybody's gender they haven't made anybody cousins who should be you know <laughs> lesbians uh, not that we've gotten that far but I feel like this is like the bones of Sailor Moon and then in classic they had all of this other stuff that they filled in the middle to like build out the universe because they were waiting for the manga to be written but it filled out all of the nuances um but if if it had started with these bones it would have been better to begin with like which is too bad because it did start with these bones because it's based on the manga and you just think hmm and then i I remember like like, how much of the problematic stuff came from the north american dub oh for sure right like how much of it gets ruined just because they had to americanize it yeah but i think think a lot of the filler stuff that really makes classic what it is is missing from crystal like you don't have the relationship between nephrite and naru for good or bad you don't have the relationship between zoisite and uh kunzite you're missing like the whole rainbow crystals arc it's not necessary but i wish that they had maybe put in a couple of patter episodes just to build some more relationship and make it just feel a little bit more real Mm -hmm. it all happens very fast yeah. That being said, like, they, they still seem very, very close. And I'm like really interested in this whole idea of the Sailor Shenji having relationships with other people. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess, I mean, it's not really like a spoiler. We'll get to it. But apparently they were with the Knights. Yeah. I'm like, I what? Know. Hmm. I don't know. That sounds like the weirdest. It can't <laughs> even, it's not even like a double date. It's like a quadruple date. <laughs> I, I know. They come, <laughs> Serenity comes, we'll get to it, but Serenity comes down to Earth and falls in love with the prince and then the four senti fall come to earth and immediately fall in love with the first four men that they see (laughs) so that right uh, there i'm thinking is like whoa that's a whole other level of problematic or just like 
really no. I mean, it's a little weird. Think about it though. In in the modern day timeline, there are fourteen, and isn't it totally like fourteen year olds to essentially just fall in love with the first people they see in their okay. friend group or whatever, and then probably a month in switch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How old are they supposed to be in the past? Do you think? Oh, think and they mentioned that because oh, so. they were long living creatures. So mm-hmm. it's almost like so that's a quote from Queen Serenity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes me wonder: Are they like eternal or just live like hundreds so. of years? That's what it seems like. So I think the idea of them being fourteen-year-olds in the past is not relevant at all. I think Good. honestly, I think that they're probably maybe not Princess Serenity, but I think Queen Serenity is probably thousands of years old. Um, yeah. And I I know that when you get into season two, I'm not sure about Crystal, but in the manga and in classic Sailor Moon R and Sailor Moon S and Super S, once you get Chibiusa, there's a lot of debate whether how old Chibiusa is because she's probably like 900 years old. Oh yeah, they lay it out in the manga. They say she's like 900 years old. Yeah, so she if just she's stopped aging. Yeah. If she's 900 years old and in the body of like a 10-year-old, that would mean Princess Serenity, if she's in the body of a 14-year-old in the Moon Kingdom and is, you know, theoretically aging yeah. at the same rate, she's probably a couple thousand years old too at this point. Yeah. Damn, her skin in looks good. Manga, in the manga, Usagi stops aging at age 23, I think. They literally say she stops aging at age 23, but they don't know why Shibiusa does stops when she's a kid. That's like she she decides, I guess, kind of to stop aging. We'll see how that plays out. Oh, yeah. interesting. But let's get into the episode. So we'll start with Act 9, Serenity Princess. This one was basically Serenity. Like, we're, we're picking up right where we left off with um the trauma. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, of course, the worst kept secret of all time, Sailor Moon is Moon Princess. Oh <laughs> my god! Shocking! Shocking! I couldn't um, tell by the hair. I think one of the things I like the most about this part where she transforms into Serenity is that they actually say her body is changing. Mm-hmm. So it's not just that she suddenly has a moon crescent and a pretty dress, but she like physically changes, which I think yeah. is kind of interesting. Yeah. Like her hair starts growing so long. I think she gets a little bit more booby too. Mm-hmm. Buxom is the word. The word is buxom, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> anyway, she looks older. Mm-hmm. Well, like I'm glad that I guess when her hair grows really long, her friends are there to kind of like help her get back to normal. And I think that that is just that relationship building that we kind of miss from classic so that was really I thought that was really cute in this episode where they all come over and she's just like oh my hair is like so long like spontaneously and they just like help her get back to normal yeah that, that's way at the end of the episode and when Karina and I were watching this that part we were commenting on how different that is from classic like in classic they would have been calling her like a dweeb and like making fun of her for having some emotional trauma and in this one like Ray would have been yelling at her and everything and in this one everybody is so kind and supportive and you know they do a big group hug and it's just it's what female friendships should be the cattiness of the 90s I guess is done So it was just so much more. It was so nice to see all of them kind of helping each other out. Yeah, in classic, when this episode-ish, as much happens in classic, it's it's just Mina who goes over yeah. and helps her with her hair and helps pull her up when she is un- unbelievably sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this is from the very beginning, and I guess that's has been the case through all of Crystal. They've made a real point to say that she is the one, Usagi is the one who who is the glue that brought this team together that holds this team together and now they are kind of coming around and saying you brought us together you made us we were sad we were alone and you brought us together and now we are here for you when you are sad and even luna feels bad at the end of this episode and i felt bad for luna because she was like you know what did i do to usagi and it's like she was blaming herself for doing what her mission right and yeah yeah, i liked that even they're even there to support luna and even artemis is not being a jerk and he's there to support them and it was just so nice it was so nice at the end Mm -hmm. but i guess we want to talk a little bit about that battle before it which was at the beginning of the episode we just flip things a little bit around (laughs) yeah but um we do that 
yeah, we pick up exactly where we left. Tuxedo Mask is jumping in the way to try to save Usagi or Sailor Moon, even though he has no powers. Even less so in this than theoretically did in Classic. And so, you know, he gets hit by that blast and it appears that he is dead. Is he dead? I don't know. But in the same moment, he gets his memories back. As he's dying, I guess. I guess. I don't know. Or maybe he was like knocked. They got knocked back into him. Or it's the similarity of the moment of him dying in front of her or jumping in front of her to to save her that has suddenly made them remember. Right. Because it's very, very similar to what happened, I guess, on Earth. Well, they're still on Earth now. Hundreds, thousands of years ago when uh, Earth Kingdom was attacking. I really love how they did Usagi Sailor Moon's reaction to him. The the animation that they do for her and the like scream of anger and anguish is they did such a good job of making you really feel for her in that moment. And more so than like she's not this crybaby just crying because she hurt herself. She's You can actually feel the emotion. And I really thought that they did a great job with that. And they kind of carry that through for the rest of the episode too where every time she thinks of it she kind of like the PTSD strikes again and, and you have to calm her down mm-hmm. yeah i think and it I like- also even is shown in in her tears like you know her tears aren't streaming out the side of her face in a comical way like she this isn't usagi sobbing on the side of the road because she got failed an english test this is different this is a a young woman's grief and they just yeah they did a fantastic job of, of making you really feel that this is the moment her tears turn into the crystal no rainbow so crystals guess, no rainbow <laughs> crystals but i mean like so in classic her tears are what bring the rainbow crystals together into yeah. the silver crystal but it's kind of the same idea just without you know all the episodes gathering rainbow crystals yeah without all yeah. the filler and Which i guess too it, bad because that's a really good arc like that's yeah. such a good yeah arc. see that, this is what, like we were saying earlier like this is what distinguishes the shows for me and my brain as not the same at all well mm-hmm. not the same mm-hmm. they are obviously similar because it's you know the same show basically so then when she gets the crystal and her pretty dress she gets all her memories back too and we finally get to see glimpses of earth kingdom and moon kingdom and i gotta say like they show more than just the castle on the moon kingdom and not a whole lot more but i like that you kind of get to see what the kingdom kind of looked like in classic it was basically you felt like it was the moon as it is only they plunked a castle down but yeah. this way you get to see like the moon back then thousands of years ago was actually like a nice place to be yeah. with like gardens and rainbows it Flowers. honestly yeah it looked like the game in Wreck-It Ralph cars are <laughs> racing around like that's what the moon kingdom used to look like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it was yeah, the moon was like the very manicured English garden to the earth's oh wait, no, the manicured garden would be a French garden and the earth's not so manicured English garden like cuz she would go there to feel the wind in her hair and to, you know, see the green trees and the wildness of the earth, I guess. The moon didn't have any air. They must they must have had to import all of that all of the hair. I mean, I do wonder about <laughs> like that. Space I <laughs> For the young listeners, uh, go look up Mel Brooks's uh, Spaceballs. Uh, it's a parody of Star Wars and it's probably one of the funniest movies ever made from like the 80s. The thing I really liked about this too is that you see who is the one who ends up killing Endymion and it's Beryl. Yes. But she's not wearing her awesome, awesome outfit. She's wearing like a peasant blouse basically and I'm like I really want Beryl's backstory. I know it makes you wonder like and she's just like holding a pitchfork like the rest of them just attacking. Yeah. yeah. I gotta assume we're gonna get Beryl's backstory in the next couple episodes i hope so i think oh yeah, yeah. probably i mean well, at least some at least as much as we get anybody else's backstory um, mm-hmm. so it kind of it's nice getting this backstory so if we pretend it kind of relate to classic it gives classic so much more content uh, you get a lot of oh that's what that means in classic <laughs> Right, where it's like the classic, they kind of just threw things together and you kind of had to make some guesses. So this really fills in a lot of blanks about the backstory. And that's another thing that I wonder, I'd have to go back and watch 
again how much got lost when they dubbed it into English in the 90s and wanted to scrub it clean for younger audiences because like you said like why you get you get this story that it's that they were at war and but they they really kind of gloss over in classic why why or what happened or did people did they die what happened here they're just like yep Queen Metallia came and essentially brainwashed them and they came and they killed us and it's yeah. like oh okay classic you get the idea or you get the impression that Beryl came from another planet and brainwashed Earth to attack the moon mm-hmm. but in just even in this little flashback that we get briefly here it's like Beryl is not with the spikes and the awesome outfit and the, the elf ears and everything she looks human she so, is human yeah human but definitely under like under the influence of this at this point unknown to them we know it's Queen Metallia but yeah. like influence of whatever this evil is that's made them crazy mm-hmm. and, well, and then- the barrel we know comes later yeah. yes well it makes me wonder because we did find out in an earlier episode of Maybe it was in episode six. So, like, Queen Beryl knows that Metallia kind of has influence over everyone. Is not necessarily on her side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I'm interested to see, like, what her real motivations are. So, she's not brainwashed. Um, And we get a quote here. I think it was Luna who says it. I can't remember, but I wrote it down. Endymion was killed by an ally. So, uh, killed by Beryl. And so, clearly, she wasn't just, like, a peasant. She must have meant something um, to Endymion. Maybe worked in the castle, something like that. I love that Beryl shows up again. Like, this would be the second time that she's shown herself to all of the senshi and i mean it makes sense the princess shows up so beryl shows up but i just love that she's doing stuff in crystal and besides mm-hmm. just sitting on her throne swirling the crystal ball that she actually takes the initiative to show up and it and i also love that it takes all of the senshi's power just to hold her back like all four of them and so they can't do anything to save endymion they can't go after him. They can't. And, yeah. you know, Serenity is still too new in her power to be able to do anything. Yeah. And, so he gets and they, they recognize their responsibility is to protect Serenity, even though yeah. they want to save Endym- Endymion. I don't know. I don't know in the version you watched if they translated it in the same way. But in the one I did, they she, they literally say, can we save him for her? Yes. Uh, and they're watching their friend break um, and they want to fix it. But they know they can't. Because they've got their memories back by this point too right all of the senshi mm-hmm. so yes. they know what endymion means to serenity they know that she's gone through this once before well it seems like parts of it they don't yeah. have a hundred percent everything but they have enough to know that um tuxedo mask is endymion and he's important to her it's like it's coming back it's not all back at once perfectly kind of karina was a little upset that endymion got taken again she she was kind of hoping <laughs> yeah. that crystal would be different and i'm like no 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 no. the damsel in distress needs to stay in distress yes <laughs> you know, they, they that's very res- true they have to rescue the quote-unquote princess from the they bad have to rescue guy. the prince right yeah. yeah yeah which is awesome yes can i just say yeah. like Especially because, I mean, Usagi is a damsel in distress. Like, that is kind of how they paint her when she is Usagi, you know? And then she's a damsel in distress that has to rise to the occasion and do the saving. And it's great. I love it. She's got her support. She's got her friends. But ultimately, it's always up to her to do what needs to be done. Right. Amazing. It's just both amazing and very, very saddening to me. Because I'm like, oh, you poor sweet girl. Maybe it's because I'm old now and Usagi could be my daughter. But I'm like, oh, you poor sweet girl. I just want to protect you. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the reaction she has on everybody. So I guess it works. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, it makes sense because everything happens so quickly. And I guess we kind of have to assume that more is happening in between the episodes that we see um, to grow these relationships and their powers and stuff. But because they're definitely stronger. So I wanted mm-hmm. to point out that Ami, um, so Mercury and Sailor Venus they're able to hold up against Kunzite. Like, so yeah. they're the two of them, which I don't think we would have seen in Classic. I feel like Mercury kind of doesn't stand out as much because she just has buzzle- bubbles, but this Aquamist, pretty yeah. powerful, and Sailor Venus, so the two of them, they're holding Kunzite back while Mars and Jupiter are checking out on the princess. So I thought that was really cool because yeah. they're getting stronger. Like, they weren't that strong, I think, even in the last episode when they were battling. Yeah. But also the, 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 the fact that they put Mars 
Mars and Jupiter as the ones who are comforting Serenity and not Mercury. Mm-hmm. Like you would have thought that Venus and, and and Mars would have been holding back Kunzite or maybe Mars and Jupiter as the warrior um... and Venus and, and Mercury would have been the ones comforting yeah, her. So for sure. But even in classic, they always kind of pegged Venus as the strongest. Yes. Yes. As the for sure. She was always the the leader of the um Sailor Senshi outside of Sailor Moon, obviously. Because yeah, um, Sailor Moon didn't exist before yeah. go around. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of strange because like the planets don't really line up with that because you know you've got Mars is the god of war and then Jupiter is I don't know it just doesn't really work in terms of when they try to line up their mythologies but that's yeah fine. no that's fine it doesn't but it's okay <laughs> let's pretend it has really nothing to do with it unless they were trying to go by size of the planet in which case Jupiter should be the most powerful yeah, yeah. of these four it should be Jupiter Venus and then Mars Mercury if you're going by size of the planet I don't think that has anything to do with it yeah I think it's just yeah, it just, it, yeah it's it arbitrary just is, yeah, totally <laughs> totally they need to That's make Venus fine. the strongest because she was Sailor V and yeah. she's the leader mm-hmm. and she's the last one who showed up. Yeah, and I think like the rest of them are, at least in Crystal, they're kind of on par with each other. Which is good. Yeah, yeah I really I think I, it is good. And again, I love that they show the real time using of their powers instead of the, the long like animations and yeah. <laughs> animations. Actually, that's like one of the big stories or one of the big things when you're watching it or if you're writing fan fiction or if you're trying to think about it in real world terms, you're just like, so how long are they doing this before? Where they actually attack. <laughs> time stops. And it, it does. And when you add yep. up that time in the original anime, like it's a huge amount of time that is given over to transformations and the clips that they use every single episode of them doing their powers or whatever. Which I get because it makes the show cheaper to make because you can use the same, you know, clips of footage or whatever over and over again. But it does, it makes your shows really short, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these, they they kind of do away. I, t- I specifically noticed they did not have in these episodes a long Sailor Moon transformation sequence. They did away with that to give those extra 30 seconds over to plot and exposition. I was like, woohoo! Yeah. Obviously, I mean, like, they had to essentially take four was it 46 episodes and they yeah. shortened it to 14, <laughs> 14. Yeah. yeah there's not a, not a lot of filler for sure I know we talked about her hair and the girls going and cutting it uh, making her feel more like herself but she says something that's really interesting when they say she's transforming into the princess I don't know if she says it or she just thinks it but the caption at the bottom of the screen says that she feels like she's losing her identity and I feel like that's a lot for a 14 year old to deal with yeah you could write like a thesis on Sailor Moon and identity <laughs> but yeah because she is Usagi she is Sailor Moon and now she is the princess lots to take in over a short span of some months right yeah and it it almost the way they portray it in Crystal is they almost make it feel like like when they mo- when they mention when she first becomes the princess that it's a physical transformation and now her hair is growing crazy. It almost makes it like makes it seem like the princess is warring with Usagi over who gets control of the body. Yeah, it's like her her past self and her current self are are like you say battling it out to see who's going to come out on top. Uh, and it takes kind of the whole episode for her to decide both and kind of come to terms with being both characters or seeing or how they all are three, almost yeah. right because she's yeah. Usagi she's Sailor Moon and then she's also this princess yeah. I love that shot of her sitting on her bed with her hair glowing in the moonlight mm-hmm. I think that's super pretty yeah because I think in the manga I know it's a black and white manga but Serenity's hair is supposed to be silver isn't it yeah well okay in the flashbacks like even yeah. in the flashbacks in this episode her hair is a it's like a lighter blonde than what it is in mm-hmm. like her current self I don't know if it's because it's in a flashback or was her hair actually lighter back then? But not quite silver. So at the end of the episode, it's like, let's go to the moon. And then suddenly it's like everyone has some resolve. So I really like that they're they're making this plan to go to the moon, which I think is is good. It's not like, how did they end up on the moon last time? Or I think last time it was just a memory. They didn't actually physically go. No, and by did. last time, I mean in classic. They did, didn't they? Didn't I think they use so. Sailor Planet Teleport or something yeah, like yeah. that? Yeah, I think so. Or was it? Oh, no, it was. No, didn't was Kunzite, the... Kunzite accidentally sent them because he was trying to send them to like prehistoric times. And then the moon stick smacked his hand and they sent them to the, sent oh, them to the moon. Oh, right. And they went yeah. to the moon instead. Yeah, and then I we remember. had that whole conversation about, is the crystal sentient? <laughs> right. 
Uh, but now they're making that decision, so I th- I thought that was good. It is good, and I like to see how, especially obviously Anusagi, who is kind of flailing at this moment and just trying trying to to hold on to something. Um, but it, really, all of them, you see, it's like okay, we've made a decision. We're we're moving forward. We're going to we're going to figure this out. We're going to find out what to do. And you can kind of see they all are like okay and get control. Obviously, especially Usagi, who is literally sobbing until she kind of focuses and being like this is what we're doing yeah i and i think it's because you know she's like i don't know what to do i don't know what to do and then so when they finally have a plan that's when she like gets it together she's like okay now we have a plan i gotta get my shit together which is so unlike well not unlike but it's so different from usagi and classic where she she gets her shit together eventually but she never has that kind of it's never that quickly she's always got a little bit of a whine going on Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely different... like her character a lot more yeah. in Crystal. She grows up a lot more quickly in Crystal. And not just because the episodes happen so quickly. Like, even at this point in the story, in She's still classic, quite a baby. Yeah. still a baby, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. See, this is going back to the... Uh what I was saying before about having just a little bit of filler I'm like it would have been nice to have like one episode of just Sailor Moon and Mercury and then one episode of Sailor Moon Mercury and Mars and you know just just to kind of reestablish things all right so I think it might be time for our snack all right let's uh try out the sporty pandas all right so hello panda uh let's see a little bit about hello panda so they've been around since uh 1979 they're a Japanese biscuit so as I explained earlier, so it's a, a short red cookie uh, filled with a cream cream filling. So the typical flavors are chocolate, strawberry, vanilla, matcha, green tea. They also have a double chocolate, a coconut, and last year they introduced a caramel, which I really want to try. Because I don't know if it's going to be like caramel cream or just caramel, but we're all trying strawberry today. It smells like Pocky. <laughs> yeah, like little balls of Pocky. Yeah, I, ha- I pre-opened mine because I was like, oh, this is in a box and in a bag. This is going to take me a while. I'm looking at mine, my little panda. He's rollerblading, but... Uh... Mine's in a race car. And then they're shaped, like each cookie biscuit is shaped like the head of a panda. Oh, this one isn't. It's just a ball. <laughs> uh. Mine's on it. He's on a skateboard. But he's also pretty smudged. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna eat him. Mm. Smells very sweet. I don't taste a lot of strawberry. So I'm trying to like mm. open it up so I can mm. see like the consistency of the cream filling, but I end up just eating the whole cookie. <laughs> They're really good. They are good. Ooh, I found one that's doing archery. Okay, I managed to crack mine open, and it's just like like pocky icing on the inside. It is. It's like an icing, actually. Mm-hmm. Kind of like. Oh my goodness, This I found one that's curling, which makes me <laughs> happy. Wow. Did they know they were going to sell these to a Canadian market? Probably. <laughs> they were just like, crap, what other sports are there? We're running out of sports our pandas can do. I'm definitely buying these again. These are delicious. Like, I love the cookies. I feel like they don't really need to make them sporty. Like, they could have probably could have just stamped the, a generic, like, the mascot on every one of them. Yeah. The sporty no, but I like here. them because they, um, I'm looking for one that does fencing because apparently they, they're on a biscuit. Because I'll keep my archery and my fencing one. I found one that's sailing. I stopped looking at the pictures. I'm just popping them like popcorn. <laughs> mm-hmm. When I was looking up information on Hello Panda, one of the first Google searches, you know how Google gives you like recommendations, is are Pocky healthy? And the first result was like, no. I mean, they're full of sugar, fat, and each biscuit. So if you eat the whole bag, that's 320 calories and 37 grams of carbs and 19 grams of sugar. Which really... I mean, when it comes to, like, cookies and snacks, I feel like it's not terrible compared to, like, if you're just going to eat a bunch of cookies. Uh, But the person broke it down. (laughs) The person broke it down and said that each little biscuit is 16 calories. And I'm like, who calculated that? I'm not thinking about it. I'm just going to eat them. (laughs) (laughs) So um, Hello Panda was originally baked in Japan, but production later began in Singapore and Indonesia. And the Singapore bakery... A facility started producing other Meiji products in 1974. I guess these these cookies have been a- around for a while, and they're they're exported around the world. So most European countries, the U.S., Canada, the Middle East, and Australia. So these are like very popular little cookies that they kind of just sell everywhere. These ones are made in the USA. Oh, mine are 
Oh, yeah. Manufactured by Meiji America in York, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. And then imported to Canada. Yep. Look at that. <laughs> imported by Don Don Trading Co. Mm hmm. So uh, the, the grocery store where we tend to buy all of our snacks from has now become my snack grocery store. And every time I go there, I come back with a ton of snacks. <laughs> when I went to go and buy these, I came back with seafood wafers, which is my new favorite snack. And more of those Savanko fish ice creams that we had on the podcast before. What? Fish <laughs> ice cream? No. Yeah. Fish no. shaped ice cream. It was oh. just shaped like a fish. Oh, okay. okay. I haven't I bought the corn ice cream again. But it's so funny because we got them because they're fish shaped. Fish. Who doesn't want to try fish ice cream? <laughs> mm-hmm. I also saw uh, egg ice cream that I'm going to make us try one time. <laughs> we'll have to find a special guest for that. <laughs> Liz is like, not it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm busy that weekend, whatever weekend that is. I'm just going to start asking what the snack is going to be. Is it, yeah. egg, is it the egg ice cream? Because I might be busy that week. <laughs> it can't be that bad. The corn ice cream was pretty good. So that was our yummy snack. And I'm going to eat the rest of that bag without sharing. We'll get into episode 10, which is just called Moon. And it, again, picks up where we left off of them planning their trip to the moon. Like they actually plan it this time. They don't just transform and disappear. I really like that we get to see more of, we get to see Usagi's family and we see her dad and her mom. We saw her mom in the last one. But we haven't, have we seen her dad before? Yes, we have. Um, He shows up in the episode where she gets all dressed up and goes to get the prince, to visit the princess with the crystal. Princess D, right. yeah. He's, a, he's there reporting on the ball or something, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just then, love the little family interaction that we, they have. Like he gives her, he puts the crystal on a mm-hmm. chain for her, which is so sweet. Yeah. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, he's got to be in his like mid thirties. <laughs> I don't know. He's a cartoon character. He looks yeah. a lot younger though. Like in, everybody yeah. in this looks younger. Mm-hmm. And then, so the last time we saw Shingo, I think was like episode one. Yeah, I forgot like, that he even existed. Yeah, where they're like fighting um, to get in the house, and then she's not allowed in because she did so badly on her test. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, we don't get to see their relationship as much, which is so, you know, we talked a lot about that in classic, how like because she's able to be so resilient because her family is there to support her, um, but we don't see that too much of that interaction, but. It's clear that they're still very supportive of her. Yeah. So it's, that's, to me, it's another one of the uh, relationships that suffers by having such a shortened uh, episode list, like a shortened season. Definitely. Um, so you get hints of it and you know it exists if you've seen classic. But if this is your first time ever watching anything Sailor Moon, you'll be like me and be like, oh, yeah, I forgot she had a brother. <laughs> and I think it's so important when you do get those little glimpses of her Usagi life that is separate from her, you know, princess serenity life and separate from her sailor moon life, even, even from her life with her friends uh, as sailor moon, like this is her, her family, Usagi's family that she doesn't have to share with anyone else. Like this is, this is that part of her life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This isn't, she has nothing to do with the princess or the moon kingdom or the sailor senshi. It's just her. And I think that's very healing for her at this time right now because of that identity crisis she was kind of going through at the end of the last episode. So I think it's very suiting uh, that we kind of start this episode with her family. Kind of. Um, she's, she's come through this thing where she's really not sure who she is and this is like something that's really rooting her concretely to this life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is going to be very helpful when they end up on the moon and she meets her past life's mother. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's not like, oh my God, I have two mothers. She, she, I think even, I didn't take notes and I watched this two days ago. So I'm like, even Queen Serenity mentioned something along the lines of like, you are not the princess. You are, you are Usagi. Like even the queen makes that identity clear, more clear yeah. to her too, doesn't she? Yeah. 
Like, yeah. she she was reborn as a human girl. Like, she makes that yeah. distinction, mm-hmm. right? They're, they've all been reborn. They're no longer these, like, long-living creatures. They're well, human. They will be again. <laughs> Not at this point. Not yet. We're getting yeah. there. Hint, hint <laughs> to, like, season four. I like that Ami and Luna kind of have to calculate when the moon is going to be above the park, and that's when they can teleport. It's not just this crazy magic thing well i don't know they yeah go, well i mean it is a crazy magic moon thing. is full and it's just like okay but i mean the moon doesn't actually change based on when it's full like they just but eh. it would have been very the dark light... in mare serenitas if they had yeah. gone well they say that the white light gives them energy right so they're probably using the energy from the full moon to get there it's not like the moon changes i guess it has something to do with okay. the light that's being reflected from the sun I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Gives them more energy. So, full moon is the best if you seek for the future view. The white light gives energy, which is what the caption says. I don't know if it was Mercury or Mars who says it. So, it's kind of like the sunlight gives Superman powers type of a deal. Yeah. And I mean, like, they all lived on the moon. They're they're getting their powers from the moon. So it only makes sense. So this, this is like the first episode, I think, where we see them wearing their normal clothes. So not a school uniform and not the Sailor Senji outfits. Yeah, uh, Karina remarked on that as well. So I thought they looked really good. Yeah, they're so cute. They are really cute. But again, we lose that in, in all these, like, very, very short kind I of episodes. I remember specifically thinking... I want to see more of Ray's outfit. Thank you very much. Well, I think it's the same outfits that they're wearing in the theme song as well. When they like throw their umbrellas in the air. Yeah. Like in the park. Yes. And I definitely, definitely um, went online to try to find something that looks like Ray's outfit. <laughs> uh, and then I and then I was like, where would I wear this? And then I was like, anywhere I fucking want to. <laughs> so all you have to do then is just buy a transformation pen and you can cosplay as Ray. <laughs> Your hair's probably that long by now, isn't it? Oh my goodness, it's so long because I haven't gotten my hair cut in like a year. Uh, we all miss haircuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Monday. I like that when they show up on the Moon Kingdom, again, you get the sense that it's more than just the castle. Like they're walking around and there's like buildings and roads and columns and stuff. Um, and then they, they get the sword. Venus gets her sword. Yes. Like, woohoo. Which is very, very, very cool. And then from that stone, that's where we get Queen Serenity. So the sword is in a stone. It's the holy sword to protect the princess. And then when they finally manage to get it out, uh, a hologram, I want to call it, of Queen Serenity shows up. Yeah, does she say she's been in there for like waiting for that moment? So has her soul been like trapped in that rock for like thousands of years? She yep. calls it her will. Like that yeah. is like her will, I guess, to like tell the story, to tell them what, what their past was like. And that's kind of what gets trapped in that stone with the sword. In the in the English dub, it I think she says it's like her consciousness and her memory is stored within the system, apparently for thousands of years, and then will last for about three minutes after <laughs> the sword comes out of its like lock or whatever, and then that's it. <laughs> so it's like, okay. I know, okay. So I'm looking at this part where they meet the queen in the manga. Um, mm-hmm. And this is interesting. So Queen Serenity says to Usagi, do you remember when the moon castle was beautiful? Yes, it was under domes, but the wind blew through the greenery. Still, Serenity, you preferred the more natural wind and trees and often went down to earth. So, in the manga, the moon kingdom is under a dome, so there's like fake wind, I guess? Because they had to import their air. Makes sense. sense. (laughs) I'm like, but you don't see any hint of that. Like, there's no way you know that it was under a dome. Well, no, it must be a very large dome. Yeah. Interesting. Like, maybe it's like a dome of magic, and like a force field, and not like a physical dome. Yeah. Well, no. That must be yeah. But did it circle the entire moon, or was it just Mare Serenitas, where the castle is? Yeah, they're not really clear on that. And then if it just circled the whole moon, would it be like the ozone layer? Yeah, I'm like, like isn't that, doesn't that mean it's an atmosphere? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so it was magic, and they had magic wind. They probably got it from, I want to say Jupiter, because they have strong winds on Jupiter, right? Yes. But... <laughs> or to make another Spaceballs joke, the planet Druidia. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go watch that movie again. 
remember when I went to see it in theaters? That was a yeah, good day. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> so we get more of the backstory of the tragedy of the Moon Kingdom here from Queen Serenity. We get more about the war and what happened to Endymion and the princess. They show the image of Princess Serenity going to impale herself on the sword. Yeah. They don't say anything about that, though. They just say that something she like... She died of grief. She couldn't overcome her grief. In the English dub, Queen Serenity says, you took your own life. Oh, really? Uh, yep. It's much more graphic than in the in the 90s version, where yeah. it's quite vague, I would say, as to what happens to them. Obviously, they get killed or are about to get killed or something. In the, but Yeah, she in like jumps into an energy stream. Or yeah. something mm-hmm. classic. Yes. Yeah. And in this one, Beryl kills Endymion and then Serenity kills herself, which is yes. what happens in the manga. Yes. Which is very tragic. So after Metallia was sealed, that's what turned the Moon Kingdom to stone. And then history had to restart again on Earth. Right. Which I like. It's a little bit more story as to what happened. It's not like, I think in classic, they just were all sent in these little pods yeah. <laughs> down to Earth. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're like, clear in this. It's like, no, you're re- they're reborn on Earth later, except for Luna and Artemis, who are in little pods. <laughs> yeah. And they have to find the true meaning of their rebirth. Yeah. At least that was in the Japanese um, subtitles that I had, which I thought was really good. Because it's like they have a new purpose. It's not to relive what happened on the moon. It's to find their true meaning. Yeah. And Usagi kind of in this episode, I think it's in this episode, it might be the one before, she she says that out loud. She's just like, I, I'm not going to settle for tragedy. I'm going to, we are going to save him like this time. We're going to save everyone this time. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I think that was this episode. Yeah. yeah. It just shows it's the Usagi-ness of it. Like that just goes again to her identity crisis where she is not the, the princess that she was mm-hmm. on the moon in her past life. She is a different person. Yeah. And she's, I feel like this is, that's kind of the moment where she is uniting those different identities into one and and saying, bringing in the Usagi of it and being like, okay, that's all well and good. But here today, I'm Usagi and Usagi is bright and cheerful and Usagi is going to save the day. So she still kind of has that, I, I mean, I haven't seen the end of Crystal yet, but based on the ending of every other season of Sailor Moon that they've had, is she still has that self-sacrifice to her mm-hmm. that I guess the princess has. Mm-hmm. Or had, but she uses it differently. Like in in the Moon Kingdom, Princess Serenity overcame, succumbed to grief, ended her life that way. But in all the other episodes or um, seasons of Sailor Moon that we've seen, you know, when Usagi ch- has to make that choice to to use her power to that that will end her life, she doesn't do it for herself. She does it for everybody else. Yeah, there's a big, which is big a, difference yeah. between Serenity. I mean, granted, in the middle of the war, but being so overcome by grief for a boy that she kills herself to Usagi, willing to sacrifice herself to save the world and to give, you know, today's world a future that the Moon Kingdom didn't get. So then I thought the episode was over and then, nope, there was still like 10, 15 minutes left. I I know, it's amazing. Let's have a fight. The little middle thing came up. I was like, wait, what? I'm only partway through. What's happening? <laughs> I'm like, this should be the end of the episode. No, and now we're back in the Dark Kingdom and we got to see the the four generals, which again, mm-hmm. I'm still so surprised they're all alive. And they get to learn a little bit about their past, which is amazing. I love that they include this into Crystal, where they learn that back in the Moon Kingdom era, the Silver Millennium, the Earth was one country and Dimion was their prince and they were his four knights. Unfortunately, it doesn't last long. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. They get brainwashed again real quick. Real, real quick. And that's one of the things I love love about Beryl is like literally all she has to do is lift up her staff and put it down again and they're brainwashed again. She's like very powerful. She's the best. I love Beryl so much. Yeah, Beryl is so badass. I I will say with this new kind of storyline and it is i think it is in the manga this idea that the four kings of heaven and the four sailors and she were together it makes sense now to not have all of those relationships the zoicite consite relationship and the and stuff like if they're going to be remembering their past lives i don't i can't imagine they're going to survive the end of crystal the four kings of heaven i mean but i love i love the 
So I cite Kunsite relationship in classic and the yeah. horrifically nastiness of Kunsite and how awful he is. Like he, it's such an interesting relationship. But in a storyline where they are at times going to remember being good guys, it doesn't make sense to have that really nasty relationship that's also very, very loving on Zoisite's side. And like it, it confuses that that storyline and those relationships to have both of those things happening at once. Yeah, so. exactly. So in the manga, up to this point, Kunzite's the only one left. Yeah. Um, and in the Crystal, all four of them confront uh, Beryl. And in the manga, it looks, I'm just skimming it, it looks like Kunzite is the only one who confronts. And then she re-brainwashes him, and then he goes to fight the Senshi, and they kill him. So this yeah. is the end of Kunzite in the manga. But clearly not in Crystal. Yeah. Yes. So. Hopefully we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting that the Sailor Senshi remember who yeah. these knights were. Venus remembers, and I think her mentioning it triggers the memory in the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting because now, of course, we have a, a setup where you have Usagi and her four warriors, and you have Endymion and his four knights. One side is brainwashed, and one side isn't, and I assume we're going to get a showdown in the next couple episodes. That's not going to end well for everyone, I don't think. <laughs> I, I, I love the power. I'll say it again, as I think I said it the first time. But I love the power of her moon healing escalation. Like, even yeah. before she had the crystal, this is such a powerful... It's not really an attack, but this is her... her it's, like, she can... She cleanses the whole freaking planet. Now that she's got the power of the crystal behind her, she has that ability. And it's just amazing how much power she has. Well, mm-hmm. and, and at this point, she's not even properly using the crystal it was just tokyo i don't think it was the whole world well she goes up into space she does does go up into space but i think it's to get the reach it (laughs) goes around the world but yeah i'm i'm thinking it's tokyo that is frozen or whatever he has done tokyo Uh, gets the brunt of it but she does go up into space and you do think how does she breathe how does she talk because there would be no sound waves because there is no air she's Uh, in a bubble Oh, Bubbles yeah. are magic. Yeah, she is. Bubbles are magic. <laughs> In the same way as Superman can fly backwards around the Earth really, really fast and turn back time, yeah. Sailor Moon can jump up into the space to, you know, heal the Earth. <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. I love it. And we get to see the Senshi use planet attack, right? That's what they yes. use. That's an awesome attack. Yes. It doesn't kill them, though. I can't remember. Do they all disappear? Yeah, I think it's happens? because she doesn't want, like, they don't want to kill them, just immobilize them. Because yeah. they get their memories back, right? Yeah, at this point they are remembering and they're trying to make the Four Kings remember as well. Right. But they have just been re-brainwashed, so. Oh, and then yeah. Mamoru wakes up and he's a zombie. He's yes. a zombie. Hmm. And then it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. I do I do like that we have okay, so there's four episodes left and so and that's how long they have to resolve this. The one thing I will say in classic that the the point after which like after they Beryl takes tuxedo mask it takes a long time of him being brainwashed. Like it's kind of like, all right, all right, let's get this done. Um and I'm excited I'm happy that it won't be just like episode after episode of ap- after episode of them trying to fight Tuxedo Mask when we all know, obviously, that ultimately they're going to save Tuxedo Mask. Yeah, but again, it's like this is probably and I haven't seen the other the other four episodes yet, so I'm not sure how they do it quite yet. But I'm feeling like this is could be one of those they could have added a little bit of padding to this part as well, oh, yeah. where you maybe have an extra fight with tuxedo mask not not nearly as much as they did in crystal that went on for far too long but that i mean in classic that went on yeah, for that, far too long way yeah. too um long. and it was just like awful torture on Sailor yeah Moon. yeah but they yeah. could make it a little bit harder on her i mean yeah. feel bad saying that because she's gone through so much <laughs> or not even necessarily harder on her but like have more development of the plan to save him to save everyone a little bit more conflict um but yeah, we'll see. I haven't watched. Apparently, I I don't think I've watched these episodes ever, so I'm pretty excited. I thought I had watched season one. Maybe I just forget the. Maybe I just forget about it. It's, it's all it's all mixed together. 
I've seen so much Sailor Moon so many different times. <laughs> yeah, so many different yeah, versions. Different languages. In different, different languages. Styles, yeah. Different, yeah. Yeah, when, when this first came out in 2014, I'm pretty sure I watched at least the first two or three episodes. And then I didn't watch the rest of it. I'm not sure exactly why. I probably had a lot going on in 2014. I think that was the year I got married. So I probably just had a lot going on. Yeah, <laughs> I think um, the same. I, I watched the first few I think the first like three were released at the begin at for, at once or something maybe and I don't know I don't remember. The yeah. first three episodes follow very um, very very closely to classic even like the way the bad guys appear and everything like that but not like the first three episodes just like the episode the first one and then the one that Mercury appears in and the one that Mars appears in like those yeah. specific episodes so yeah maybe I didn't get further than that because I was like this is exactly like the manga and I've read the manga so why would I watch mm-hmm. this yeah and then also, after that point is also- where it starts to deviate a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm glad I didn't watch them back then because it's way more fun to be able to do this podcast now not having seen it and it's been such a long time since I haven't had anything brand spanking new Sailor Moon that I'm like this is exciting yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. and sure. I'm looking forward to the rest of it me too I'm excited to see how how it plays out because you know obviously I kind of know where it's going to end because I've read the manga and I've seen classic and I've but yeah. but I don't know how they're going to get to that <sighs> ending point exactly well, even even the ending of of classic Sailor Moon mm-hmm. and the ending of the manga is different yeah like they get uh, they get real dark at a couple points in the in the manga which they touch on in classic sailor moon well which they edited out of the (laughs) original english dub as we discussed when we (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know they so i imagine we're going to get some dark people stabbing each other uh happening in the next couple episodes yeah (laughs) Um, I feel like this is a good transition. So our next episode is going to be episode 11, Reunion and Demian, and episode 12, Enemy, Queen Metallia. So I feel like things escalate very quickly because we yeah. don't really get Metallia in classic. No. No, it's like Beryl is the bad guy. Um, yeah, they, they kind of, they, you know, mention her a few times, but she's barely there. Yeah, she's just more of, like, a force that doesn't exist until the very, 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 very last episode, or last two episodes. Yeah, so join us next time for episode 11 and 12. Thank you very much to our guest, Liz. And thank you, listeners. You can follow us on Instagram at Sailor Snacking and email us at truenorthnerds at gmail.com or follow us on Facebook at truenorthnerds.com. So until next time, bye. <laughs> bye. Bye, everyone.